You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about donating books in the pandemic world, and we're crossing off another to-do thing activity from the Reading Glasses. <laughs> to 20, do thing. To do thing from the Reading Glasses 2020 challenge. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I am listening to a book Ooh. Um, for my book club. Uh, we're doing Joyland by Stephen King, narrated by Michael Kelly. Um, Ooh. I just, have you read this one, the Stephen King? No. It's one oh, of, no, oh, Joyland, yes, I actually have. I love this book. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. It's one of the crime ones. Um, it's about a college student who goes to work in this carnival place called Joyland, and there's this, haunted house and there's the, this like history like someone died there um and um that's all i really know and the haunted house is very creepy and people are like there's something going on in that haunted house and that's all i really know about it's uh was a pick of one of the people in the in, who runs the book club and it was her favorite stephen king book ever but i have to say it is narrated by this guy michael kelly and he is so good he has this voice kind of like um uh, kind of like Brad Pitt. It's like a soft Ooh. Brad Pitt. And so I've been Ooh. like, I've been walking around listening to it and now I think I'm going to save the rest of it. I have a very long plane ride ahead of me and um, I'm going to listen to the rest of it on a plane because I was like, what a wonderful way to get some reading time in on a plane listening to lovely Michael Kelly narrator um, narrate this like creepy, creepy um, Stephen Stephen King book. Uh, what, what do you You read? know I love a carnival, carnival book, so I really enjoyed this book. And we, if you are a person who doesn't normally like Stephen King, uh, this book is very short. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, so it's like not a normal like Stephen King honker. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, I mean, all of his writing is pretty accessible. So, I mean, but it, it feels, it's very fun to listen to. It feels like I'm listening to like a very well done, um, like narrative podcast or something. you like, it feels like it's almost like designed to be listened to this way. Um, what, what are you reading, Mallory? Uh, so I read, I'm reading, uh, an arc, uh, one of the few rare physical arcs that we've gotten this year because they're far, uh, few and far between in the pandemic. Uh, and it's a book that just came out and I think will tick off a lot of, uh, boxes for peop- uh, listeners that are get gearing up for spooky season. It's called The Stitchers by Laurie and Lawrence. Uh, and it is middle grade horror. It is wicked cute and really fun. Uh, it's about this, uh, trigger warning for um a uh, death of a father there's this young girl and she's living in the suburbs and her father has recently passed away and she's having a hard time dealing with it um but something that she shared with her father was this uh uh interest slash curiosity about all like the street that she lives on has all these old people living on it and they're all wicked fucking weird and creepy and her and her father always thought that there was something kind of off about these old people and how they never seem to actually age they do really weird things uh and now that her father has passed away she's kind of determined to solve the mystery of what's going on with these creepy old people mm. uh so she enlists her neighbor uh this this boy who is in the the same age as her in in her, in her class and the two of them start trying to investigate what's going on with these weird old people. <laughs> and it's very fun. Uh, I, I I would say it leads more towards spooky than like straight up scary, but mm. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, so we don't know what the chili rating is on uh, on the horror scale yet. Uh, but it's really, it, it's really, really fun. If you're looking for uh, something middle grade to, to read this Halloween season, it's absolutely 
a blast. So that's The Stitchers by Lorian Lawrence. And mine is Joyland by Stephen King. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Holly has helped us solve a book mystery. Depending, we might we we have to have Adam and Jill, our our friends at Professional Book Nerds, to chime in on this. But I think I was Holly trying to think of a good book mystery. What's a good book mystery sound effect? I feel like it's like bum 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 bum. Yeah, you know something like that. Like the Pink Panther noise. <laughs> was he solving mysteries? I don't remember what the Pink Panther was doing, honestly. And neither do I, actually. Okay. Uh, But yeah, some kind of like slinky, slinky uh, melody. Uh, So Holly has helped us solve the mystery of Schrodinger's ebook. So Holly says, I was just listening to your episode on book criminals and wanted to share some knowledge about leaving a Kindle on airplane mode to keep a book for a longer period of time. Bria, you're not going to like this. I know, I know. I don't like it. (laughs) let's say that I'm reading a book due today, but I need a couple more days. I turn my Kindle onto airplane mode to avoid losing the book. Libby tells me my book was returned on the due date, but it's still on my Kindle. That book's book's license isn't released until my Kindle connects to Wi-Fi once more. The next person on the hold list won't get the book until that occurs. Keeping a Kindle on airplane mode acts just like returning a book to the library a couple days late. We've all been there before, but wanted to let people know connecting an e-reader to Wi-Fi to return a book is actually important. This is generally how digital rights management works, but maybe a good idea to check with your friends at the professional book nerds to make sure this applies to library books. Yeah, let's the ask. The is up, Bria. Let's <laughs> ask. I mean, I trust Holly. I'm not saying I don't believe you, Holly, but I guess your here's my question. Your long reign has ended. Here's my question. <laughs> I've had a Kindle die. With books on it. Do they Ooh. never get that back? This is, these are some de- hard-hitting book questions that because, we need to, uh, like, to, to I've had I had a Kindle straight up die on me once where it just literally, or like I lost a Kindle and no one can get into oh, that Kindle. Like, oh my God. I wonder, I, yeah, I wonder what happened to the books that were on that Kindle you lost in France. Yeah, the Kindle I, where, the Kindle I lost in France, is, there, is the library still waiting for those? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is good to know. And I, if it is true... Oof, I will feel like a total asshole. I mean, I should feel like an asshole anyway about it. But um, yeah, let's let's do a Yeah, let's investigate. Okay. We're going we're going in. We're going in. Book, we're gonna look into this. On on, on returning ebooks to the ba-bum, library. Me and Bria have our deer stalker caps on and little pipes that are blowing bubbles. No, I'm like, I'm in the background like playing a saxophone. <laughs> and I have a really big micro um, magnifying glass that's making my eyeballs huge. <laughs> <laughs> so Flora wrote in about romance novels. I'm currently listening to your romance book challenge, number 155, and I just wanted to thank you for some insight into some of the, the value slash appeal of romance as a genre. I'm asexual and non-binary, and to be honest, I've always felt it strange and maybe a little questionable whenever I found myself enjoying a heterosexual romance story. I feel like most romances I encounter have some degree of misogynist, misogynist slash objectifying tropes baked into them. And I think your discussion helped me figure out what underlying elements beyond those frequent issues appeal to me about the genre. Things like a female protagonist's happiness, trueness to herself, and desires being the center of the story and its inevitable end goal. I, it was a thought-provoking discussion and I appreciate getting to listen in. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Flora. I'm glad yeah. we did that. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, that's what a lot of folks, like you don't, I mean, obviously the horniness is a, is an aspect that attracts a lot of folks, but romance is also a genre where like women, women are, are the focus and they get to be the heroes and they get to have a happy ending. And, you know, you can come to romance for a lot more than just the, just the, the heaving of the bosoms mm-hmm. or, or the, or any sorts of heaving involved. Any, uh, he, anyone can heave. <laughs> 
I wish that was the title of the romance um, <laughs> episode we did. Uh, and then Amy wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is mermaids and gin, cozy mysteries, specifically the murder she wrote books, epistolary novels, big buzzy books, cults, murder mysteries, speculative fiction, things I was not allowed to read as a kid, like the Babysitter's Club. Uh, wait, the Babysitter's Club? It was too risque? I have questions. I, don't know. I have questions. I don't. Don't like those babies, those naughty babysitters. And I also love getting into trouble. Specifically those murder she wrote books. Love it. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And we have a quick bookmark. We are super excited that we have partnered up with Libro FM. So if you don't know what that is, Libro FM is an audiobook service. uh, It lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your local favorite bookstore. So if you are, you know, we're in the pandemic, we're trying to figure out how to support our bookstores and you're an audiobook person, Libro FM lets you do that. You can choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers, recommendations from booksellers around the country. And with Libro FM, you get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook co- company out there. You know the name. We won't say it. Uh, but you'll be part of a much different a narrative, one that supports your local bookstores. Uh, if you're new to audiobooks, they're a perfect way to get more books into your life. We talk about it all the time. Um, and listeners of Reading Glasses can get a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. So just go to Libro FM and 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 enter the code and enter code glasses. You know that code. You know that it. is our code. It's glasses. Um, I'm using Libro FM right now, and I think it's great. I I paid for it. It was it's it's cheaper. It's better, and you're supporting uh, your local bookstore. I think it's a fantastic. Um, the app is really easy to use. It's um, very user friendly. It has all the things you need: the skipping to the chapters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I love it. It's great. And what's exciting is the audiobooks you get through Libro FM are DRM free. So when with when you get uh, a, an audiobook from them, you own it. It is your audiobook. That's and, amazing. And you can transfer it between devices, which is super exciting. We love Libro FM. We've talked about it a lot on the show. So customer, if you so to get the the two for one thing, you just start a monthly membership. It's fourteen ninety nine a month, uh, but then you get three audiobook credits to use on on their on their whole catalog there's no expiration so really really exciting um we're, we're really happy libro fm reached out we adore them we're happy to be an affiliate with them so let's just go to libro fm and use the code glasses glasses so before we talk about donating books in the pandemic we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is supported in part by BookNix, a teacher-facilitated interactive subscription box and online book club for middle grade readers. A curated selection of books for different reading and developmental levels is offered every single month, along with big idea questions, weekly emailed reading guides, and monthly activities that correspond with the theme of the book to help readers engage more deeply with the material. At the end of the month, kids can participate in an interactive, teacher-led virtual book club with teachers and other students from around the country. How fun is that? That's right, parents. So if you're looking for something new and fun for your kids to do while we're all stuck in quarantine, BookNix is perfect. Not only do they get a new book every month that you can read after they're done with it, they get to talk about it with a teacher and other kids, and they get to do fun activities that are themed with the monthly book. So cute, so cool. I wish more adult book clubs gave you fun activities to do with all the books that you're reading. It is such a great idea. We loved the box that we got. So if you want to try it, you can get 20% off your first month at booknix.com. 
when you use the promo code GLASS20 at booknix.com. So that's 20% off your first month at booknix.com when you use the promo code GLASS20. GLASS20. Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me? Yep. Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience. True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore. Correct. Next. Unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show. False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month. Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself. Definitely true. And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently, we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg, plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Summers. Perfect score. Woo-hoo. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had. And if you don't listen, well, then you can go fact yourself. That's the name of our podcast. Correct. Woo-hoo. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge. And we're also erasing a box. Uh, So now that we're all living in in the pandemic world, uh, this part of the challenge has become the most difficult thing to fulfill. And we are here with some solutions. Yeah. The challenge Uh, being uh, donating a book. That's the challenge we're talking about here. Yes. Uh, So first off, we're making this part of the challenge optional. Uh, going to the post office or honestly, uh, even leaving the house can be challenging or even dangerous right now, uh, especially for those of us living in, in Southern California, especially for those who are immunocompromised. Um, my boyfriend has asthma. And basically every time we leave the house, it's like a video game that starts and we have to we're like trying to be out of the house for a small amount of time and touch as little things as possible. Um, so please do not worry about fulfilling this part of the challenge. The donating books part is now officially optional. We don't want anyone becoming infected with COVID-19 because they're trying to complete the reading glasses challenge. If you've already done it, amazing. If not, totally okay. Yeah. And as a side note, um, if you are thinking about donating stuff, um, I, I, I threw a drive-by baby shower a couple of weekends ago and um, I got a lot of food for it that I cleaned off and gave to people like in little individual size packages. Nobody worry. Um, but I ended up having some stuff left over and um, I went to some food donation websites and this is obviously not book related, but um, food banks in general have seen a drop off in donations since March, um, basically right when everyone needed them. Um, I imagine this happened for everything that needs donations for women's shelters, clothing places, um, anything like that. I think because people didn't feel comfortable leaving their houses. So if you do have the ability to leave your house, if you do have the ability to donate, I would say this is a great time. It's also a great time to just donate money from your house. Um, but just, just putting that into perspective because things are not great in the worlds where they rely on these donations. But yeah, if you're immunocompromised immunocompromised or in a high-risk category, don't donate anything. Don't risk it. Um, but if you can put on a mask after cleaning your shelves out, your closets, your bookshelves, um, you know, do go go ahead and, and do it. Go go ahead and donate these books. Just make sure you call ahead of time. This is where my 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 Karen side really comes in. Where um, <laughs> I love to make a call. I love making a call when I need, when something needs to be done. Uh, it is my superpower, and I think doing it truly is Bria's superpower. I will, I would I will rather call fucking anybody. <laughs> anybody I will be call. on the phone. And also, I love when people just call me instead of texting me about something. 
thing because I am old. Um, but basically, websites are going on a date really quickly. So if you're thinking about donating books or anything else, give them a call because um, their hours are changing. Like they may be open today, but not tomorrow because there's a spike in COVID or something. So just make sure you call or email or something like that. Yeah. So that being said, there, like there's a lot of like there's a lot of ways to donate books in the pandemic. We just got to get a little more creative. Uh, one way to do it is to start local. Check to see if you have a local little free library. You know, just wipe wipe that book down with a Lysol wipe and leave it in the laundry room of your apartment building. Uh, ask your neighbors, you know, while wearing a mask and being six feet apart, uh, if they want a book. Lots of folks are struggling financially right now and might be really, really wanting something new to read. Yeah. You know, if you have some extra time, Right now, which I know some of you do, uh, and you're feeling crafty, you're like, I want to go to the Home Depot and buy some wood and stuff. Make your own little free library. Um, some people in my neighborhood have just started leaving books out on their little, like, they have like a little wooden fence, and they just leave the books out there, which is super nice. Um, I have a fruit tree. I do this with fruit all the time. I pick the fruit. I put it in my out in front of my yard. It is gone within like a fucking 20 minutes. That shit is gone. I don't know why I don't do it with books, and I probably should. Uh, there's also places that are still accepting book donations. Lots of shelters and foundations and organizations are doing pickups for donations. Like they'll come to you, you just leave a box outside and they'll come pick it up for you. Uh, so if you have a box of books to donate, Google to find your local homeless or woman shelter, uh, it's all kinds of different, uh, local organization, uh, local organizations and, and get in touch, email them or call them, uh, to see if they're taking books. Yeah. And sometimes you have to have a certain amount of boxes for these kinds of things. And sometimes you have to have, um, you have to pay a little bit of money to donate it. But um, so just just look into those before you do it. Um, if you have some more some money to spare, um, prison book programs still have their online wish lists open um, if they're close to mail in donations, which almost all of them are. It seems like um, with, with the research we were doing, there's a link in the show notes to some of them. Um, you can actually order specific books from their wish list from certain prison programs and it will be mailed and donated to that incarcerated person. Um I will tell you, I did this yesterday um, uh, because I was like, oh, I, this is something that now I can check off my reading glasses challenge. Um, I, I had a lot of trouble with this and the site um, because it wasn't really clear on the websites how to do it. And when I tried to do it via like Amazon, it was just going to ship to me and I couldn't figure out why. But then I ordered it through a local bookstore. Um, this is prisonbookprogram.org slash .org. You can just go prisonbookprogram.org. And I just wrote a little note that said, hey, this is going to your Books for Prisoners program. And they wrote back and they were like, great, we'll give it to their volunteer when they stop by. So you can order specific books from local bookstores to go to these programs, which I think is amazing. And they have- Doing double good. Yeah, they have a couple of lists to the local bookstores and we'll link all those into the, in the show notes. And it's, you know, what, it's the cost of a book. That's all it is. Uh, and- we harp upon this constantly. This, this is the, the number one place we love. But another great place to contact is your fucking local library. Give them a call and email and ask if they're accepting donations for books. As some libraries all over the country are giving out donated books to different library patrons. Uh, it is cool. absolutely awesome. So get in touch with your incredible local librarians and see if they want to take your books. Mine, by the way, does not take books because I have tried to donate books to them in the past and they say no. They do not take books even pre-pandemic. So make sure they are allowing you to do that. I'm sure other places are. Um, also, this is something you may not, not have thought of, but retirement communities and nursing homes, if you have a lot of large print books and you can wipe them down, um, you may want to see if any of these are accepting them. Call around uh, because... Uh, they, obviously, these are high-risk places, but they do need um, 
stuff to keep people busy during this time because a lot of these people haven't been able to leave their facilities since March. Also, if you have extra time, a lot of these people in retirement facilities are looking for pen pals. If you have some time to write somebody a letter once a week, it's just a great place if you're looking to volunteer. And you listen, you write one letter to a facility, we'll, we'll say that counts towards your reading glasses goal, I feel like. It's important sure. to keep people happy. Uh, so... What we're saying is there are still lots of ways to donate books. It just depends on where you are and what parameters the place that you want to donate is following. There's a lot of places that are closed, but there are a lot of places that have just changed the way they do their pickups or the way they do do their donations. The best way to do to, to figure it out is to get in touch. Bria, so so you completed this part of the challenge with the prisoner um Prison book programs. Yeah. Website. I, yeah. Yeah. One of the books that was on their list was March by the late, great John Lewis. Um, it's a graphic novel. My friend um, uh, Nate Powell drew it. Um, it's an amazing book. Um, uh, I thought that would be a cool thing to get to donate to a prison program. I bought it off the website. I wrote the, like I said, I just wrote the um, the local bookstore and told them what it was for and they were very accommodating. Um, and it just cost the amount of a graphic novel. So that was like, you know, one one meal in Los Angeles, less than one meal delivered. Um, I actually have a few books I need to get rid of. I may put it out on the put them out on the street. I haven't decided yet. Um, yeah, I'm trying to decide what to do with some of the books that I need to get rid of, and I should probably get rid of quite a few. What, what are you doing for this challenge? I did the donating to neighbors thing. Uh, so the, it was all really, really funny timing. I actually had this massive box of books that Jeremy and I had been saving, and we were going to go up to a bookstore to sell. And that that was literally the weekend the pandemic started and everything started closing down. Um, so before we moved into our new apartment, I asked some of my neighbors in my old apartment building if they wanted stuff to read. You know, things where that was like the first couple of weeks and everyone was, was kind of like, uh, what are we doing? Everything is everything is a nightmare. Um, and I ended up giving out some YA books to uh, a young girl who lived in the building, uh, some thrillers to another to a, a, another woman who lived there. Um, and it. And, it was out of this uh, box of books that I would, I normally, I've talked about it on the show before, I normally regularly send boxes of books to the Women's Prison Book Program. I adore them. They're absolutely wonderful, but they are currently closed to donations. Yeah. Um, so so that's what I did. I just gave gave some books out to my neighbors. Uh, and I know someone in my uh, my new apartment building keeps leaving books in the laundry room, which is great. And they're always gone within like half a day. Mm-hmm. And like every time I go, we go down there uh, to either go grocery shopping or go do laundry. Like this is new books. They also have been leaving free candy, which is really weird and creepy. Um, I don't know. Is it wrapped individually? Yeah. It's not like a, bo- a bo- like a jar of candy. Like- like, no, it's not like a licked lollipop that's like stuck to the wall, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it does creep me out a little bit, but yeah, there's a lot of ways, uh, you know, you check in with your, with the people in your life, somebody you might even know, like it doesn't have to be like a, a, a neighbor you don't talk to and, and you've like, that's kind of a stranger to you, like reach around to your family, yeah. uh, to the people in your life. Be like, Hey, do you need some books? We're all looking for more stuff to do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of different ways to donate. And folks, you know, there are ways to, to buy books and send them to, to incarcerated people. Um, and there's ways to donate by spending money. But we want to reiterate, you don't have to spend money to, 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 to tick off this box of the challenge. If, the, if, the, if you are not financially able to do it, if it's just like something you don't want to do, that, that's an option, but it's not something you need to do. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to weekendglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we answer a reader question, we're going to take a quick break. Strange planets, curious technology, 
and a fantastic vision of the distant future featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Now let's answer some bookish questions from multiple listeners. Uh, <laughs> normally we just do one, but we got quite a few follow-up questions about how authors get paid when we did that episode. It's very nice that there are so many people out in the world who are like very concerned about authors uh, and them being able to eat. Um, so we're just going to go through them and, and wrap up some some loose ends on how, uh, how authors get paid. I enjoyed your podcast explaining author payments. It got me wondering what kind of accounting process is in place to ensure an author is receiving all of the residuals owed. Does the publisher put out a monthly report listing exact number of books sold? How are those numbers tallied? Does the author's manager receive some sort of audit report from the publisher that confirms that all sales have been reported accurately? In other words, what safeguards are in place to make sure the author doesn't get screwed out of money owed? Uh, so this is why authors have agents or most authors, not, not, not all authors have agents along with those quarterly royalty statements an accounting statement will be issued that breaks everything down. Uh, how many of what format your book sold during that quarter. Um, but as you can imagine, it's confusing as fuck. <laughs> That's one of the zillion reasons I have my amazing agent, Brady. Uh, he goes through everything and makes sure it all checks out and then decodes it for me and puts it in like normal person speak. Uh, so I can understand what's going on. Uh, I honestly, personally just don't have enough know-how to go through it on my own because uh, sometimes publishers do make mistakes and your agent that's their job to catch it and get you that money uh, but the best safeguard you've got as an author is either that agent you trust or a lot of knowledge about publishing accounting because some authors have that and they they can go through those statements yeah Another question, Stephanie wrote in and said, um, I am an avid reader with a limited, bu limited budget and have ordered a lot from books retailer, book retailers like the Book Outlet, Thrift Books, and Book Depository. Do authors see any of the royalties from these sales? From what I understand, books that land there are overstock slash unsold books from retailers and or publishers. Uh, after hearing this week's episode, I wonder if authors get credit for the sales from these sites or if those great low prices only benefit the publisher. Um, so this, this seems like a place kind of like... Ross or something. Is Ross one of these places, you know, where you end up with like a bunch of like over, like over stuff? Second, I thought you meant our friend Ross from Ono, Ross and no, Carrie. Like, like that place, Ross. It's I'm not Ross. <laughs> There's like another like business like this, but like overstock.com. Like, I'm pretty sure com. Ross doesn't, Ross is not like a bookseller on the side. <laughs> um, this is a great <laughs> question. Uh, the short answer is no. The sale of those books, they don't benefit the author. Um, those books are called remaindered titles. Um, Mallory, you want to explain what that is? So, yeah, so this is really in the weed publishing shit. Uh, so if a book, so if a publisher has a book that isn't selling well and they have overstock of it, they can decide to make it a remainder title and the publisher still wants to make money off of it. So they'll take all that overstock and sell it to vendors who will then sell them for cheap. Uh, but an author doesn't get royalties when a book has become a remainder title. So it's actually more beneficial for an author to get that book 
for you to get that book from a library than a place selling cheap overstock. Yes, publishing is very complicated and very confusing, but this is this is how it works. Yeah, and um, I I get it. Stephanie wants some cheap books. I. I love a sale. Uh, I don't. I don't deny that. <laughs> Stephanie, give give that book a good review or something. Shout it out on social media. Do something like because the author isn't getting any money, that doesn't mean you can't help the author in some way by making sure they know that their book was purchased or that you are, you start using that wonderful old word of mouth. <laughs> uh, so the next question, Wes wrote in. Uh, I have a question about advances from your most recent episode. What if the worst happens and an author doesn't earn out their advance? Does that really happen? Does the publisher get to demand that money back? Uh, This is not the worst thing. Uh, A lot of authors actually never earn out. Uh, It really does happen. It is common. It's very fucking hard to sell books. Um, The publisher does not demand that advance back. The public, no one's going to show up at your door and be like, sorry, give me all those groceries back that you bought with that money. Um, but I will say it will be harder for that author to sell another book in the future. Um, the rest of those books might become remainder titles like we just talked about, and the publisher will let it go out of print. Uh, the author might even work something out with the publisher to get their rights back for that book and self-publish it or sell it to another author. But it happens. That's why we talk about it all the time is if you really care about an author and you love their books, like it's very important to support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to solve your reader problem or answer a reader question, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun stores. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It makes us feel really good about ourselves. It helps us reach more listeners. makes us look extremely fancy. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks Thanks for reading. reading.